and welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, I talk with some of the most creative and inspiring people that I know. From hearing about their process to what holds them back from creating, routines and rituals, to the intersection between creativity and spirituality, you'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm so excited to introduce my guest to you today, Malarine Matherin. Malarine is an intuitive astrologer who uses her clairvoyant, clairsentient, and clairaudience skills in her tarot, numerology, and divination readings to help her clients. Malarine has studied various forms of divination and spirituality through her Caribbean roots and ancestry, and is a self-taught astrologer and cartomancer with over 25 years of experience. She uses numerology, past life, and is also an Akashic Records channeler, and Mind Body Green named her as one of the 40-plus Black spiritual thought leaders to follow and to learn from. I'm so excited for this episode today because I actually did a session of Nakashic Records reading with Malarin back in the summer of 2020, and it was so in-depth, and she's so intuitive, so insightful. Um, her spiritual psychic gifts really came through, and after the session, she sent me this like huge PDF document that had my astrology chart, that had my life path numerology number, that had my north and south nodes. She did tarot readings for me. She channeled the Akashic Records for me. Uh, we did a little bit of astrocartography. So she has all of these tools and modalities in her toolkit that she uses for clients, which can be, it really helped me like set my path forward for the next few months. And I actually had her um, reading right before I did my ayahuasca journey and she really just like helped me. Like I feel like that reading with her was like the catalyst for this spiritual awakening that I went on through the second half of 2020 of really diving into the Akashic Records and um, channeling Pleiadians and like learning about past lives and where our souls come from and really this deep dive that I went throughout my own journey. So I'm really excited for you to hear this episode today. We talk about how she developed and discovered her psychic abilities from a young age and growing up in the Caribbean community in New York. And we talk about past lives and we talk about the Akashic Records. And if you don't know what the Akashic Records are, we go into what that is and how to read them or go into them and how to really just learn to work with and develop and understand your intuitive, spiritual, psychic gifts. We talk about the different Claire senses and how she learned to trust which one is coming through. We also talk about spiritual fatigue and how to decompress after doing this deep spiritual work um, because it can get very energetically exhausting and especially in her line of work where she's working with clients, where she's opening up their records and really learning from their guides, it can be a little exhausting. So we talk about some of the ways that she decompresses and I'm really excited for you to hear this episode. I think uh, you'll really enjoy this one if you're interested in all of those types of things and can't wait to dive into this episode with Mallory. Hello, thank you so much for coming on the Creative Soul Podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so the first question I ask everyone is, what is currently fueling your creative soul? 
Oh, let's see. <laughs> Good question to start. Yeah, I think creativity has been something that I have been trying to get back to in regards to, I think we create, you know, every day, obviously cooking or yeah, maybe you're creative in some way, but yeah, I think for me, I've been feeling my soul has been kind of my space, my living space. So I'm, I'm always very focused on creating courses and doing more of the detailed head down kind of work. And I've been kind of picking my head up <laughs> and looking around me and building more of my environment. So having things around me that feel very nourishing and colors around me that feel very inviting. And yeah, just, you know, I just randomly, I just bought a, a tea cozy that has like these really kind of cute yellow sheep on them. And I was like, no, I just really like it. I like the yellow color. I like, I like sheep. So I'll get a yellow sheep, a sheep cozy. Why not? <laughs> That's so um, beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's just, I think, yeah, for me, the creativity has been focused more externally, which has been really freeing actually. It's been very freeing to feel that. Yeah. Mm, that's such a great response. I think intentionally creating our environment and intentionally creating the space around us is something that like, I don't think a lot about, but it's so important because that does affect everything. And especially now that we're like more and more in our homes <laughs> that, you know, it really affects things. And so will you tell our listeners a little bit more about who you are, what kind of work you do and give us a little insight into your background? Sure. My name is Valerin Mathurin. I am an, an intuitive astrologer. I also do work with the Akashic Records. I'm a cardamancer, so I work with Tower Oracle, playing cards, different types of card forms. I use crying, numerology, many different methods, uh, many forms of divination to work with clients, to help, help clients support them, provide information and understanding towards, you know, from kind of this past life connection, a lot of karmic energy that we all bring, we all bring over in some way, shape or form. And to be able, and it shows us as challenges sometimes in this life, shows up as um, blocks, things that we just can't really shake. So I work with, I work with them to be able to heal this, to be able to work through this. Again, many different ways to divination, energy healing, the Akashic records, astrology. There's so many different ways to work with this. I work with the past life as well side progression so that also helps hypnosis whatever whatever they need <laughs> i'm here to do so remember the other part of the question you said like how i yeah how did how did you get started with with all of the things that you do yeah so yeah it's been interesting because i've been actually re like thinking about this recently so i kind of didn't really have a choice starting to be honest when i was younger about five or six uh, from a young child, I'm age, I always had insomnia, a really, really bad insomnia. I just really couldn't sleep. I slept like a couple hours a night. And I just remember telling my mother and my grandmother that I couldn't sleep because they were too noisy at night. And they used to have parties and had people over. And they were like, well, no, we didn't have anybody over that night. So what are you, what are you talking about? And long story short, finding out that actually I'm like, spirits were coming to me at night and they were the ones who were keeping me and they just thought I was like you know this weird little hot you know five-year-old like what's she talking about people walking through the you know because there was a bathroom near my door and I was like oh you guys keep going in and out in and out and you keep waking me up and they're like no we're not no one's in there so my great-grandmother kind of realized what was happening and she was able to help me with a lot of what was going on to be able to like yeah let them know that they couldn't come and 
in waking up in the middle of the night and kind of really like working with the psychic ability, the mediumistic skills. And from there, you know, she was very much involved in the Church of Shango, who is a Yoruban Orisha. And at the time, I didn't know that. But as an adult, uh, coming reflecting on the beads she would wear. And even though she was, she went to a Catholic church, she also went to these Baptist ceremonies quote unquote. So they were very much, it was like the church of Shango, you know, a lot of, and they did this in Brooklyn. My family is from, my mother's side of family is from Trinidad. So they also did this when she was in Trinidad as well. So yeah, she was very much a part of the, that church or that group. And yeah, she would take me to like botanicas in, in Brooklyn, well, in New York, Brooklyn, the Bronx. People of Caribbean Latin descent would go there to get like their candles. And that's where we got our spiritual tools. You get our candles dressed, you get your books, you get your psychic readings and that sort of thing. So I would go with her every other Sunday to the botanicas and she would go behind the stick curtain and get her, her, her readings and the kids would be in the front and I would play with the other kids. We would wait for our mothers and our abuelas and whatever. So that's kind of where I got the start from. It was just kind of embedded in in my life, in my family. It was just it was just like normal <laughs> to do all this. Wow. Uh, what a unique experience to kind of discover. Because yeah. that was definitely one of the questions I was going to ask you about, like, mm-hmm. how did you discover your spiritual gifts? So it sounds like it's just something you've had since the beginning. Yeah, this is... Yeah, it's been interesting <laughs> to kind of, yeah, kind of being like, you know, definitely honing this and where I'm, I'm still learning. We're always learning and I'm always in the process of learning and learning more, but definitely like the, my, I still have one of my first original tarot decks I got when I was about six or seven, when I went to the botanical with her for like my birthday, I think I was like, and I was probably acting up or something and she got me at the tarot deck to kind of quiet me. And I still have that deck and it's the one that I use for most of my readings and yeah, I just, it was, yeah, different experience for sure. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I'm super curious, like growing up, how did having, like, did these gifts strengthen in time and did you feel them getting stronger as you grew older? And then what was the decision for you to make this a career for yourself? Is Did you always know that this is what you're going to do or was it just kind of like your path was revealed to you? Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I mean, well, my great-grandmother was very eccentric. She was kind of the, like the black sheep of the family. She kind of did her own thing. The rest of my family, not so much. They were very strict, very much like they were Catholic and they were fully Catholic. Like we went to church all the time and they were very, like it was all about education and they didn't want to hear anything about spirits or any of that stuff. So I had to hide a lot of what I was doing, the astrology. I was doing that from a very young age as well. Like seven, eight, nine. I was in the library every day after school reading all the books I can read on the topics. And this is, I'm probably dating myself, but when we had like microfilm and I would go back and like look at old magazines and old articles, like old witch stuff and like astrology books. And we just read through all of that. So yeah, I kind of just had to do it. I, wouldn't, I couldn't tell my mom I was doing that. I was like, oh, I'm just reading, going here in the library to read books. That's what I was doing. I'll just tell her. And yeah, so I mean, it was... I would never really thought I could make this a career, to be honest. A lot of it, especially growing up in New York, in the Caribbean community, it was not, I mean, we knew people did the work that I do, like spiritualists and, you know, they would say like brujas or whatever, whatever the names were, but they weren't, they weren't valued. They were seen as something to be afraid of. So if you had those tendencies, you normally hit them. And I remember, yeah, just having instances, little instances here and there of friends, who I thought I could trust and who I think I remember one friend I was in junior high school and I remember her it's a very crazy story but her 
her father and her mother were having issues, like, you know, such marital issues. And she was just like really confused and she didn't know what was going on. But I knew, I was like, oh, well, he has another like, girlfriend. And like, I remember it was, it was really crazy because like, of course the girlfriend had put something on the mother in terms like she sent some like evil spirits. Just, I don't know, there's some, some kind of thing that they were doing. And I kind of was able to tell her like who the woman was and what she looked like and what her name was. And she freaked out. And she, the next day, like at school, told everybody I was a witch. And yeah, it's stuck. Of course, you know, high school, it's stuck for like two years. So like maybe people wouldn't talk to me and I was already quiet and myself. So I was like, okay, great. I have no friends now. Yeah. It wasn't something that you definitely broadcasted at all. I mean, now it's considered, I'm going to say cool, but yeah, people are kind of like, oh, I'm a witch and I do all this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, that wasn't the case years ago. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where three years ago, when I came back from living in England, well, to have surgery actually, and near realizing that, yeah, this is, it is time. There was like, there was no other, almost like my guides were like, no, there's nothing else that we need. I, I had, you know, I worked as an art historian. I worked as a lecturer. I studied anthropology and art history for many years. So I thought that was my, that was my, my job and that was it. And they were just like, no, this is not it. This is what you're here to do. And it was just like, yeah. And they're like, don't worry you just do the work and we'll just guide you. And this has been what's been happening. Wow. That is, I mean, first of all, the fact that you had that experience in high school of like kind of sharing your gifts and knowing more than people, than regular people know, and like getting backlash from that, that makes me think of like the, the classic story where like women, you know, like the, the idea of like the, the witch like trope of like, and so that's just crazy that that's part of your story. And then thinking how much has changed now, where now spirituality has really gone in the mainstream. And now it's like, yeah, that's, I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I had your intuitive gifts. Like, I wish that that was my story growing up, but you know, we all have our different things. And mm-hmm. so I'm super curious for you, like, do you feel that you had these gifts or did you ever receive the knowledge that you had these gifts in a past life and like because I know you do a lot of past life regressions for people and so do you get information about your past lives and why does that inform like this life and the gifts that you're given in this life yeah good question yes I mean I have had some like instances where I've seen but they go really far back they go back like Atlantis I mean I definitely see I've always seen this this woman, I guess. And it's interesting because I do have, you know, we all have different genders and different um, ethnicities and races and different um, past lives. But one in particular that keeps coming up is this woman, I don't know if she's a shaman, but she definitely like lives on the outskirts of the city space. And she's, she dances a lot. Like she does the ritual and I'm in, I'm in the field and I kind of like, I dance around and I dance naked and I'm just, it's very freeing. And I'm just like, every time I have something experience with her and she makes me really happy because like also I used to dance not professionally but like I was part of a dance group in high school and junior high school and I do miss that and I was like oh maybe I'm channeling that through her with her energy but yeah a lot of the ones that I see are yeah especially when it's like more modern uh me having these gifts but not really utilizing it or being afraid to use them it's normally going really way back where I'm able to like utilize it and like actually put it for but definitely not in the last like 300 400 years it was more like very closed off kind of energy which would definitely atone for <laughs> the experiences I've had as a child but yeah it's been 
yeah, definitely astrology knowledge was like something I think I've always kind of like it felt like I it felt like say natural. I felt like I've always kind of had that or so very much like the book smart, the researcher kind of aspect, which yeah, I mean probably led me to do art history and to study anthropology and then realizing they were like, no, we meant research this way, <laughs> not not that. <laughs> like you're you're on the right, you're on a similar path, but not that way. But yeah, it, it, but even even that was helpful too, because I was able to, you know, when I'm looking researching artworks and different languages and all that stuff comes back here. I mean, it's all it's all like one big learning experience. So <laughs> wow, that's so beautiful. I'm super curious too about like, because there's Claire audience, there's Claire. Can you describe like which ones you have? And then like, if, if someone has that, will they know that they have it? Or is that just something that might be discovered along the way if they do? And do some people just not have those intuitive gifts or do we all have them? I'm just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel, I feel like we all have them to be honest. Obviously it's like, Yes, we all can play basketball, but we're not all like NBA players, that kind of thing. Yeah. And not to say that if they like, you know, yes, but some of us have the gifts and some of them have them a bit more readily available. So I feel like, yes, we can definitely like work on that. We can learn how to dribble. We can learn how to put the ball in the hoop and get it there. And that's, we, again, we all have this ability. I think we all show it in many different ways. It's like something people say, like, I just knew that. But a lot of times we doubt ourselves because societal you know stigmas that come with what that means so in relation to yes so I, I feel like I do have access to all of them my clear audience and their sentience are probably the strongest ones for me clear audience definitely I'm very sensitive to sound especially living in New York probably not the best thing to have so yeah I'm it, it definitely a lot of messages come through my people telling me something or I would hear a song and it applies to what I'm I'm thinking about or working with or getting that you know the at night I, I don't get them as much anymore because I feel to set boundaries with that but yeah definitely occurrences coming through and I get a lot of talking so this does make me like almost very sensitive I, I sometimes sit I don't have a tv I sit sometimes in silence I I really very rarely if I'm not working and talking to people I have like very little going on in the background because I need that sense like quiet. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so fascinating. Will you talk a little bit about like your creative process or your creative practice? And I know you have so many different modalities and tools that you use with clients like astrology, astrogeography, Akashic records. But for you, what is your main creative practice, if any? Mm, you mean like spiritually yeah yeah and so in whichever way like helps you kind of channel or express yeah I mean I feel like intuitive astrology definitely is possibly like the, the main thing that I like to work with and I like to use that as a base and then everything else kind of goes from there but I really really love working in the Akashic Records it's been it's sort of like another form of like psychic channeling but it's not coming through me it's coming through like the ascended masters and having contact and with them and meeting like meeting or encountering all different energies is very it's interesting it's almost just like it's like you're going into I don't know like a bus station or something you don't know who you're going to encounter or meet I don't probably not a good analogy but it's like yeah you never know like who who's going to pop up or show up or hmm. yeah 
for those of us who don't know, will you just talk a little bit about what the Akashic Records is? Yeah, it's always really hard to explain. I was like, yeah, definitely. It's so it's kind of like a, I was thinking like an unlimited library, like this massive library of all the information from our past experiences, present, and possibly even future that is kind of held in like, just imagine like a library that's like everlasting. It just goes on forever. And yeah, you can like, it's it's held, the Ascended Master, the kind of like the librarians of that, of that space. And they hold the answers for, yeah. And it's not just us like humans, everything has an Akashic record. So I love to open the records of plants and trees. Yeah, and sorry, intangible <laughs> objects as well, tarot cards. Everything has has some sort of connection. We're all connected to all of it. Planets have an interesting stars have always interesting to open their records. They have so much to say and so much to experience. So yeah, it's like really to open the records. I use the Linda Howe prayer mm-hmm. to open the records. And I mean you can use different variations of it. But yeah, I usually open with a prayer, meditating beforehand. I sit with a person's energy and just see what comes up for me personally. And then kind of just going from there and seeing like, um, yeah, who shows up and who has messages to deliver. I think the hardest thing is, which I, I do want to, to teach at some point, <laughs> I do have to get on, get on the board with that. But the hardest thing is discerning where the energy is coming from, because it's not real. It's not a psychic reading. It seems like it's like it seems like it, but it's not. It's not coming from you. It's not. It's 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 coming from. So you almost you're just a channel. You're just that medium that it's it's coming through. So it's important to decipher. Okay, like being very aware. This is where I get my intuition from. This is where my guides show it to me. This is where I get it from. You know, whatever this person's spirit guides. But then where the ascended map? Like where? How does it show up? So mm-hmm. like I'm doing a location that I know they can't see my hands, but it's, you know you have to be able to discern where the messages are coming from, and that's sometimes one of the hardest things to do. That takes practice. Yeah, that was actually going to be one of my questions. I'm really glad you brought that up because I mm-hmm. I got Linda Howe's book and was just reading it and like just starting to practice on my own, and I guess the question for me and I think this probably relates to a lot of people who are trying to explore some of their spiritual gifts is like. How do you know, how can you discern what's your imagination and what's your intuition? And how do I know if I'm really seeing it? Because I don't see visuals, like I mostly feel things. And so, or like I'll hear something, but for you, what, what has been the process of like, I I guess, do you see it? Like, do you, do you, is it super clear or is it kind of like this intuitive knowing that, okay, that's the information being channeled straight from the records? Yeah, good question. It's, it's, it, to me, it encompasses all of the clears. So sometimes I do just know something it would be like the clairvoyance and sometimes I feel it. Sometimes I can see it, like I'll see a giraffe or I'll see something, a word or a name will pop up or I'll hear it. So it depends on how it relates to the person as well. Because the thing is that remember we're, even if we're doing a psychic reading, we are reading their energy. So I always like to see it too. It's a lot of times, whatever their clear is, I'm picking it up the way that they would probably see it, that they would experience it a lot of times. Wow. So it's all, it all depends. And I mean, I run the gamut. <laughs> Sometimes I only hear, hear someone speaking to me and that'll be it. And other times I would hear a mixture, do a mixture of things. And I would see an image and I would see, see certain words and names that would come to me. And then other times people would ask for names. And like I said, I can't, I can't give you names and names are not coming up but I can tell you what I'm feeling, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it all depends. And again, it's doing all of that at the same time, 
as discerning where it's coming from, making sure that it's not, not that you can't use your intuition, but that's not what the reading is. Like the <laughs> reading is really to, to hear what they have to say for this particular person. They send the masters being they, like their spiritual team, whoever that includes could be their ancestors, their orishas, their fairies, and whoever's showing up and what they have to say at that point. So yeah, this, I would say meditating beforehand. I've gone to the practice because I do them so often where, yeah, it's just like even like developing a system that you can like move into that space almost within a few minutes and then move out of it again to be able to have a session in like half an hour. So it's like, you know, also the, the figuring out how you work mm. is the best thing. And again, that takes time. That takes time in practice. How did you practice just like alone in your room or just like speaking with people? And I guess, how did you learn how to really trust yourself and to trust your channel? Mm, that's a good question. There are many, many different methods. A lot of it I found working on my own mm. to be able to like, there's just a lot of like uh, psychic work, doing astral travel, meditating immensely, <laughs> a lot of meditation, different methods of meditation. So a lot of times I'm not just like lying down or sitting or in a, like mostly in a quiet space. But a lot of times it could just be going for a walk or sitting in nature. It, it is really about, yeah, I mean, first I think the first thing will be determining where your clears are and how strong and just being honest with yourself about what is the strongest one, because it'll tell you very clearly. Even it's just one, it's fine. But really working with that. So really being like, like I said, developing that trust and that you're going to develop trust when you're honest with yourself. Mm. So first like discerning what that is and then working with that particular energy until that feels like, okay, it's almost like a muscle. Like you're strengthening it, you're kind of expanding it, you're working it out. It might be a bit sore. Maybe you have headaches the next day or I feel a lot of fatigue is, spiritual fatigue is a real thing. I, yeah, that happens all the time. Like definitely like sometimes you exhaust yourself, you push it too far and you have to take some days off. And then, you know, so even knowing that, being aware of that, okay, if I go too far, this is, I know this is what happens. I need to not turn it back. So all of these things are just like little fine tuned things, like listening to your body. I, beginning, I would, I still do this. I journal a lot of, I keep track of what I'm feeling and what comes up, what my dreams are, what visions I'm seeing, how I'm seeing it, how my body feels, keeping track of those things, like which body parts, like, you know, do my my toes tingle when certain certain of messages come through again do i get headaches is it on the right side is it on the left side do i smell anything do i taste something like you know just keeping track of all of those little nuances mm. things that you wouldn't really think about to say oh this is important but actually all of it is so i know how we sound very detail oriented but yeah, over time you're not, it's not doing this every day but just doing this when you do this work and if you're going to really do it like keep track and yeah and then before you know it you'll see a pattern and then that's how you know your pattern that's that little pattern that that string that runs through it that's your that's your that's the way you work and mm. that's what like you know picking out what that pattern is and what that string is mm, that's so helpful to kind of keep track and like as you're practicing to journal and to notice those things and to really have that awareness of like everything that's happening i imagine you know you have to be so tuned in to yourself and like how you're feeling to notice those differences because sometimes something hurts and I like barely even notice. And it's like, you don't really connect those dots all the time, but mm -hmm. to really have that practice of awareness and all that. I'm curious how you use the, the Akashic records like in your life and you know, what are, what are some reasons that you might consult the records? Is it making decisions or like, what are some practical ways that you incorporate the Akashic records into your life? Uh, good question. I, 
I do use it relatively often. I try to leave it more for myself when I'm doing my own kind of deep exploration within myself. If there's something like um, normally kind of like smaller questions, I use my pendulum, I'll pull some cards, or I'll put like a rune or something. So I usually like kind of say smaller things. Bigger things, which I feel like I feel is a big transformation happening. I would open my record and just kind of sit, I'll leave it open for a few days mm. and see what comes in, see what see what shows up. I may open other records at the same time, like like I like to use plant work, roses as well. So again, it's also finding finding what works for you. For me, I like to work with flowers and certain flowers. So I would work with that energy at the same time, maybe with some crystals open their records and kind of like sit with all of those at the same time and see what messages are coming through again this is all like a work in progress so then it's like you know yeah maybe carnelian works for you maybe rose quartz rose quartz works and maybe lapin really doesn't so it's trying to figure out which ones kind of um are in tune with with what you're experiencing at that point but for me personally yeah i kind of sit with the records open for a few days sometimes a week or so see what comes through see what shows up see who shows up especially if they're bigger big questions yeah that's why I kind of of sit with it yeah it's such a fascinating thing because it feels kind of complex and very you know deep and kind of hard to grasp at times but then I think it's just a practice and it's you know you realize that it can be simple and so have you found that like do you ever get overwhelmed with the amount of information out there or like the different ways that you can find something or is it really just a process of figuring it out and like really finding what works for you like do you ever feel overwhelmed by it honestly no and I'm not, not to say like I never have I mean definitely I have when mm-hmm. I like maybe when I first started or getting back into the swing of things yes because I'm always I'm in the energy now <laughs> this is what I do so I'm, I'm always in this energy and it's definitely finding finding ways to kind of get back but kind of it's almost like throwing out a fishing reel and like you get the fish and you have to reel it back in so you have to know okay you have to pull it out and you have to pull it back in and you know like if you're actually fishing you, you see the the string kind of pulling you know it's time to reel it back in so I use that analogy kind of within when I'm too far in I'm going too deep I need to know okay, I need to pull it back mm-hmm. and like I know, I know what that feels like I know like even like see now it's getting a little bit of a cold, right? So I know, okay, I've been and it's and I know I know my body now. So where I set my readings up to a certain point. So like I don't work on Wednesdays for that reason, because I know by that point I'm exhausted. So I need to like have a day just to like collect myself and get myself together. So my body I feel it already. So yeah and that kind of brings me to my next one of like what are ways that you decompress what are ways that you practice self-care mm-hmm. when you kind of need to get away from it all and like what what are things that are nurturing for your spirit mm-hmm. yeah so I have a, a 12th house stellium eighth house stellium so seclusion is very important for me and mm-hmm. silence <laughs> so I I do kind of you know Every so often rent Airbnbs or I go out, you know, upstate or someplace quiet. And I just, yeah, I sit in silence. I sit by myself because I need, I need to kind of sit with my own energy. Even if I'm in a building with other people, I'm picking up all of their stuff. So I need to be able to like sit in my own space. So that's really important for me. I do that maybe like once a month or once every two months. And I just, I factor it into my budget. Like that is just something I need to do. I, if I can't get away, I like to do after midnight baths. 
So I, yeah, actually <laughs> in the morning at like 1.30 a.m., 2 a.m. I just, it's something about that time of the night or the day. I think most people are asleep and I'm just kind of like sitting. It's almost just like a direct, I feel like I'm, especially if I'm in the water submerged using like different salts and I, depending on what I'm, what I'm feeling using, might be using like Himalayan, Himalayan salt and then mixing it in with different herbs. And, and then we like kind of do a concoction beforehand, figure out like, hey, what do I need to put in? A little bit more, you know, Damiana, a little bit more rose petals or whatever. And I figure out what that solution is. So yeah, water has been very helpful for me, <laughs> especially with that 12 house. I need to submerge myself in it. And yeah, just kind of like I decompress that way. I do have moments too. I'm not saying I'm just like some spiritual guru. I do have moments where I sit and I watch like YouTube or I watch like, for me, like comedy is really helpful. So like silly comedy. So I'll watch like Bob's Burgers or yeah, things I can just like zone out from and I don't have to think too much. So yeah, I mean, I'm not like some <laughs> like Zen person all the time. Yeah, I definitely kind of um, animated comedy. I really, I love to watch horrors, but when I get into that point, that I can't watch anything that's too much, like too intense. So like even drawn like dramas that are too emotionally um, taxing, I can't like I can't deal with it. <laughs> so I can watch it when I'm when I'm at full capacity or I'm okay. But when I'm drained, that just drains me more. So fascinating. Yeah, for me, I can't handle like I can't watch a lot of TV. The only TV I can watch are like either reality shows or like cooking shows. Because anything with a storyline or like anything dramatic or anything like I get too involved in. So like mm -hmm. it like affects me emotionally too much. I can't, I can't watch a lot of TV, which my boyfriend, I mean, he just had to watch a lot of cooking shows with me because it's like, <laughs> I just can't handle. So I'm glad that that's, uh, that's something that you experience as well. And it sounds, yeah. I love hearing you talk about the things that like have worked for you and relating that what you have in your chart and it's just such a cool way to like probably you intuitively know that about yourself but then to have the stars of the planets really confirm that yeah. yeah thank you yeah yeah I mean definitely I think what you're saying about the, the storyline that could be what it is too I just I get I want to watch like I want to watch like, the handmaid's tale I just haven't had the capacity to really get into that yet because I'm like yeah every time I want to watch it I'm tired like I can't get into it if I'm tired mm -hmm. so yeah just yeah, I just need things that don't have a plot, <laughs> that don't have anything serious happening. I just want to see something silly and or really, yeah, cooking shows have been always in my thing as well. Like I watch a lot of like Project Runway and I just want to see people make stuff and like, you know, I don't know, do something silly and then like next episode, something different. <laughs> I, just... yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. So what is next for you? Like what, what are you excited about? Are you just continuing to do readings and sessions with people or are you, what are you working on? Yeah, so yeah, I have been doing like definitely one-on-one -on -one sessions. I definitely go in cycles. So I kind of just listen to like where my guides kind of want me to be. So at the beginning of the pandemic, it was definitely seeing clients one-to-one. -one. I did that all through last year, just nonstop seeing clients. Um, I'm also teaching in a little bit, but now it was like teaching is now taking over. I'm telling you now, okay, now it's time to teach more. So yes, this is something I'm working on a few different courses. I'm working on definitely taking my astrology course, which I would meet people like once a week and we'll meet and like go over the work, um, doing recording myself, doing that so that people could just buy that um, digitally. And yeah, just working with other companies and other like doing more podcasts and things mm -hmm. like that. So working on the YouTube channel. So I... Yeah, I have a few things in the works and I just need to like step in perfectionist about it because I have Virgo in my 12th house. Perfectionist about everything, 
I do. So I tend to keep it, of course, as top class. Like most people don't notice that about me, but I'm very, very like, like to the T on everything I do. So yeah, <laughs> working on those classes and trying not to get too bogged down in the details mm-hmm. is, what, is what I'll be doing. So like the astrology classes, the classic records classes. Yeah, kind of moving more even to like blending, doing just a lot more tarot. So just figuring out like how that's going to be structured. Is mm. what I'm doing. That's so exciting. First of all, I love that you're teaching more because I would love to learn from you. And I'm, I like what you said too, about like your guides are guiding you now to teach. And so how does that information come into you? Is that something that you feel or like, when do you know, okay, this is what I need to do right now. And maybe now this is when I need to shift. Like, how is that guidance coming in? Sometimes I just know, like, it'll just be, I think because I, I, I am stubborn. I am a little Seven. So a lot of times if like the client work is going really well, I'm like, well, why would I stop now? And right. then then the universe will just kind of start dwindling. Like, okay, no, we're gonna, we're telling you to stop and slow down. So we need mm. we need you to do this. So yeah, it's just like a lot, you know, definitely reading signals, reading the symbols around and picking up on the energy and knowing, okay, now it's time. It's mm. time to shift. So yeah, I try to pick up on the cues before they kind of force it on me. That's <laughs> <laughs> so cool. So lastly, I love sharing creative resources with people. And so is there anything that's inspiring you lately? Maybe some, if people are interested in this type of work, like astrology or Akashic records, maybe some resources that you can point them towards or just anything that's inspiring you. So many. I'm, re- I'm one of those people where I read about five books at the same time. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm reading. So I'm rereading, I'm redoing the exercises in the artist's way. Remember, I see a Julia Cameron, I block. So I was like, hey, let me, let me do some, let me do a little bit of writer's block. I've been re kind of an inspiration. A lot of kind of astrology books. So I'm just kind of looking at the books that I have here. I would say Healing Pluto Problems is another mm-hmm. book, which is a really good one. And yeah, working on the Pluto transits, working out where Pluto is in your house, in your, in your chart and how to work with it. I have Pluto in the first house, so I'm always dealing with Pluto stuff. Um, I think what else I'm reading. Um, yeah, I think those two are standing out. I'm kind of in the middle of like I'm adding in like two extra new decks to my my group, so I like to sit with them for a bit. So I'm in, incorporating the Deviant Moon Tarot, which is a little bit of a, I like a little bit of darker I like darker decks. <laughs> and um, I'm trying to think what else. There's another deck I have, but I can't remember. It's like a it's an off and deck that I'm kind of incorporating as well and it's kind of based on Jungian psychology so yeah just I mean I'm probably not being very very clear but yeah healing fluid problems artist way um trying to think what else there's a couple things I'm reading online rereading the 48 laws of power really good book for yeah it's, a, it's an, an old one but you know definitely a good one I've been looking through the Magdalene Magdalene manuscript as well this is something I've been dabbling in for some time and getting more in touch with like sexuality sensuality it's really a powerful book it's the last one I'm sorry I didn't remember the book that was a great list I've been reading a lot more on like star seeds so uh, I feel like I, I just I download a lot of articles online and like pdfs online I just like absorb a lot of the information mm. I'm on my ipad just kind of like highlighting stuff and looking at things so yeah I, I kind of like dabble between those four or five books and I kind of vacillate between them and like I read like a few pages on one night and then like mm. 10 pages on another night I kind of absorb it all at the same time it, it's so cool to see the researcher and you the researcher and you kind of come out in that too so I love that and then where can people find you if they're interested in your work, booking a session with you? How can they find you and work with you? 
Sure. So definitely social media, my Instagram at Moon Lady Astrology. Email is also easy as well. So 130moonlady at gmail.com. I keep it consistent. Yeah, I'm working on my website. Hopefully getting my perfectionist streak. I can get it out by the end of this month. And that will also be moonladyastrology.com. Uh, yeah, those are probably the three main areas. And then from there, you can kind of find me online or something. You can Google it. You can find it better. I work for like Minka. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. We'll put some of those links in the show notes. So thank you so much for Mal. This thank was you. so awesome. And I loved our reading. We had a reading like, I don't know, seven months ago. And I still think about mm-hmm. it. It gave me so much insight and information. And so you're truly gifted at what okay. you do. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's been, it's been amazing. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that episode and thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend and tell them what inspired you. Or if you'd be so kind, you can rate and review the podcast. And when you do, I would love to gift you my free guided writing meditation that will connect you to your creativity, yourself, and your spirituality. Just go on over to my Instagram at Leah Van Doren. That's L-E-Y-A-V-A-N-D-O-R-E-N and send me a screenshot of your review and I will send over the meditation and I would love to hear your thoughts. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul.